So I think the first time I clocked this guy was in Firefly. Cause I, and I think that's, even though it was only on for one season, obviously a cult classic. I think that's where everybody kind of started getting on board uh, with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you start thinking about it and you go back and you watch older movies. And basically any military movie ever, he's in it, even if it's a small part. <laughs> Because he looks like a Marine. He was born a Marine. He came out, and they didn't say it's a boy or it's a girl. They just said, it's a Marine. Here you go. And, <laughs> That's what you got. Yeah. He's and, got one haircut he's going to have forever. <laughs> and so like, you start thinking about it, and it's like, okay, so he does, uh, not a military guy, but you know, a bunch of guns on Firefly. He's in Independence Day, does five years on Chuck. He was so fucking method and serious on Chuck, man. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of the times on that show, they were like, and cut, bring it down, bring it yeah, down. We, you're, at a, you're at a 45, we need you at about a three. Yeah, and even if you just give us a 10, we will settle with that because we got to move this shit along. No kidding. But I mean, I think he's done the last ship and everything, but I, I don't think I've ever seen him uh, not in the military. No, I agree. Always been that way. Talk about typecast. Yeah, exactly. And he's always good. He's all he fits that part. He takes it seriously. I But you know, I'd like to see him in a rom com, you know, as like the <laughs> the, the male lead. As or, the male lead coming back from war and yep. <laughs> trying to reassimilate into the romantic world. That that sounds like what that'd be good for him, man. You know, that or Hamlet. <laughs> Very interesting follow on Twitter, by the way. Oh, is he? Yeah. Real into America. Oh, so big on the current administration, let's say. Big on America. But um yeah. right on, man. Speaking of big on America, could we could we be any bigger on America with today's episode? <laughs> I don't think so. The patriotism in this film is like oozing. Like oh. Even when you hold the cover, oh. you're just like America, fuck yeah. yeah. You know, you're <laughs> I mean, you're and, totally and, and the weird part is the shit works, man. I was watching this and I was all in. I was so pumped. For all the fucking flaws, it works. You can watch it over and over again. Yeah. Obviously, listeners out there, we are talking about Independence Day because on this episode of Cigarette Burns, which welcome everyone to Cigarette Burns. It's Cole and Jed as usual. We are going to discuss Independence Day. No, we are not going to discuss Independence Day. We are going to discuss our Independence Day. Any good? <laughs> Did I get it? Did I pull him in that? It's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It it's felt strong. Good. It felt strong. What about, what about this one? How, how's this sound for you? What was with the fat lady? You're obsessed with the fat lady. <laughs> is, that, is that any good as a gold bloom? <laughs> I love how like you're like, I'm I, I feel like you've been working on the gold bloom. <laughs> the thing is, I haven't. That's just natural. That's just natural ability right there. You wake the up, bloom. you wake up and you piss gold bloom. I get it. That's fantastic. That's, that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we figured, you know, since Fourth of July is right around the corner here. I mean, why not talk about Independence Day, one of the most fun blockbusters from the summer of 1996 oh. that there ever has been, man. Yeah. Just, just a great time at the movies. I don't know. Before we get into reviews and get into the film, like, when did you first see this movie? I saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater. Me too. Question. Like, I was pumped. It was, I mean, this, this was the perfect age. I just turned 13. Same here. Um, you know, my birthday is June 29th. Happy birthday, me. But... <laughs> I was like, I got to see this movie because I loved Bad Boys. And it was awesome to yeah. see the Fresh Prince like do a kick-ass movie. And then he was coming out Independence Day. And it was just like, all right, I, I got to see the Will Smith movie. Because I think this was, even then you were thinking like, is he just going to be like the one-hit wonder who right, did the right, one right, movie? Right. Or is it going to be something? Well, you hadn't seen Six Degrees of Separation at that point? At that point, I had not seen Six Degrees. Oh, I mean, you were 13 with the little remedial there, huh, buddy? <laughs> 
You weren't you weren't clamoring for that Donald Southern classic right there. <laughs> well, my Southern I was going in alphabetical order, so I hadn't hit the S's yet. So gotcha, gotcha. But the uh, it I just went to the theater with a couple of friends, and it was I, I wanted to watch it immediately. Now I was thirteen, so I didn't have any money, so I couldn't do that. But older Cole would have just like immediately turned around and went right back in. How about you? No, yeah, I saw it uh, opening weekend. Uh, me and a couple friends, we got, uh, one of my friends had like an older cousin who drove us to the theater. It was fucking awesome. It was packed. Everyone was so into it. That's the thing, man. I think that's the thing that people forget about going to the movies back then. You know, now we have all the streaming services, but back then it was just such a collective experience because you knew this is the only way these people are really ever going to see this film until it comes out to rent months later. So everyone who wants to see it, they're going to see this fucker right now. Well, and then and then like a movie that big, you had to worry about like getting to the video store the day that it got released. Yep. Because that shit yep. would be out. Turner and Hooch. I, I You know what we're talking <laughs> about. It's the same thing. But yeah, no, man, we went there and we saw like a late showing. And I mean, just the atmosphere was I, I still remember. That's why it's one of the most, my most fun experiences at the theater was just being there with everyone and just enjoying it. Everyone's clapping. Every one liner, people are fucking, you know, screaming. It's awesome. It's just such a great experience. Well, and watching it again, because I hadn't seen it in a bit, but watching it again, it's made for 13 year old boys. Like I was 13 when I saw it oh, and yeah. it was made for 13 year old boys. It's definitely made for us. We hit it at the perfect time. I was like watching the first 20, 30 minutes of this. And I, I had some, you know, interesting thoughts that I know I didn't have then. And then I started yeah. thinking to myself, I'm like, Oh, made for junior high boys. Got it. Okay. Perfect. Totally. And it's then totally the demographic. And, and it doesn't really take much for me to get into that frame of mind. I'm, I'm one step away from 13 year old Cole anyway. So once I just flipped that switch, it was fucking party. It was great. Speaking of bad boys though, I was even watching this movie again and I was talking to Rachel and I was like, you know, I love bad boys and I love Martin Lawrence. But I'd like to see that movie with Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. I think that'd be a great combo. Why weren't they in more things together? We have to have a discussion about how many pairings out of this movie should have launched franchises. Because oh, there's, God, yeah. there's a bunch. But before we before we really get into this, uh, you got some quick reviews? I do. I do have a couple. I actually saw The Catcher Was a Spy. It's on Showtime. That's a Paul Rudd flick? Paul Rudd. He plays Mo Berg, who was a catcher in the majors um, back in like the... World War II time and before and all that kind of stuff, but he was also like a genius and lent his uh, skills as a spy to the military, you know, was trained by them and did all this stuff to kind of infiltrate the Germans and and I believe it was like there was a, a scientist that they believed was helping, all this stuff was going on. I watched the movie. Honestly, it was so fucking boring. I could follow the <laughs> plot, but I, I mean, I gave it a four out of ten. The cast in this film is Paul Rudd, Tom Wilkinson, Connie Nielsen, Mark Strong, Shea Wiggum, Sienna Miller. Man. Really all-star, all-star yeah. cast. The script is so average and the direction is so awful. It's just the movie is so boring because you're waiting for all these interesting things to happen and none of them ever happen. It's just this slog fest. It's just, oh, I, I don't know, man. I I really found it to be just not good. Just <laughs> not good at all. <laughs> there you have it, guys. Yeah. Just <laughs> not, sorry. Not good. Just, just not good. That's in contrast to this other thing I watched, which was Chernobyl, the miniseries on HBO. I mean, 
9.8 out of 10. Is that good? This just Chernobyl is so fucking amazing. The acting in it. Jared has Stellan Skarsgård. Best Stellan Skarsgård has been since he won his Fields medal. And <laughs> <laughs> Emily Watson, she's fucking fantastic. The whole cast. This thing's going to win Emmys. It's going to win whatever award it's up for. And if it doesn't, then that's just fucking a travesty. It's, it's so interesting because it's as accurate. I mean, it seems as accurate as can be, honestly. Um, I know Russia, I think, is going to come out with their own version of it, which has a conspiracy theory where the U.S. was actually what caused it to melt down and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, But this goes through all the stuff. And the thing is, like, I don't know anything about nuclear reactors. I don't feel like I know a ton now, but I know a hell of a lot more than I did going in. And they make it so you totally understand what's going on. They explain okay. it like this is what happened. This is what. Co-. And so you're there. You're so invested with these characters. And. Jared Harris. Um, I heard he's great. What a fucking phenomenal goddamn actor. I mean, he's he's absolutely amazing. Yeah. No, I've amazing. Heard, I've heard it's incredible, and Jess and I have been wanting to watch it, and it's just been one of those, we know we're going to get sucked in, we know it's super serious, and and we just, we're trying to carve out that, you know, time to sit down and really uh, sort of take it in, because I know it's super heavy. Yeah, you'll need that five-hour block, because you guys are just going to sit there and watch it straight yeah, through, I'm sure. Uh, better than K-19, The Widowmaker. I didn't know you were going to ask me that. Yes. Okay. I would say. <laughs> Peter Skarsgård doesn't show up and just start scooping out stuff with his hands? That doesn't happen? No. Gotcha. No, no, no. That's not, no, no. This is, this is just fucking insane. And then all the stuff with the nuclear fallout, which actually leads us into something we're going to discuss later, a little tease yeah. for Independence Day. So nuclear fallout's a real thing. It is a real thing. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with that shit, man. That it'll get you. <laughs> well, have you seen you. have you seen what like these Instagram influencers and shit are doing? Have you seen this? I've I've heard about these idiots that are like going to Chernobyl now to take like selfies and shit. It's not just selfies. Like the, I saw one of this Instagram model, I guess. I don't follow her, but she's like half naked with like a thong on and a rate and a, like a radioactive suit that's pulled down to her hips. It's so oh fucking God. weird and i'm like we there's we're in a bad spot like that, that's just that's that's, that's a that's a mass graveyard and people are going to do that shit but survival of the fittest man god yeah, damn <laughs> god damn that's crazy what the fuck people my god well anyway what about you have you uh, seen anything speaking of what the fuck people uh <laughs> I, I saw adam sandler's new netflix movie murder mystery uh, it's it's him. It's Jennifer Aniston. Oh <laughs> it's Luke Evans. It is prop- okay. Sorry, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but can you explain to me the Luke Evans thing? Yeah, this fucker's in like everything. Yeah, I uh, he has a great agent, <laughs> and he must be the most likable guy on earth. And that being said, he's never bothered me in anything. I I just don't understand like. He's never stood out to me, though, as like, oh, wow, that was a great performance by Luke Evans. I think they needed a new Ian Griffith, and so they were like, oh, let's get Luke Evans, and we will try and shove him down the throat of everybody for eight years, and if it works, great, but it turns out he's a really slow Dracula, and he wasn't able, you know, to kind of put that whole (laughs) franchise together, so... um, but <laughs> those games were not about to begin is what nah, you're saying too slow man he didn't even he didn't get out of qualities he couldn't even get to the finals man just too damn and when slow. you say ian griffith do you mean that yon griffin yeah is that's that you're talking about yeah that's who it is fucking <laughs> all right sorry man go, go ahead apologies <laughs> anyway trust me you didn't take anything away from murder mystery uh it is it's the best sandler movie i've seen in 
I don't know, his last five maybe. Since Click or Just Go With It? Probably Just Go With It. I like to Just Go With It. Yeah. Yeah, um, I did too. But this is still a five out of ten. Like, it's nice. Okay. It's nice because Sandler doesn't play any weird character with weird voices that's just a over-the-top SNL character. Um, Jennifer Aniston, God, she's just a delight. Like, I love yeah. everything she's in. I love everything she does. She's just so damn likable that even when she's in something bad, you're just like, yeah, but I'll go with it. And I just, I wish she, she has plenty of lines, but you're like, give them all to her. Because Adam Sandler's kind of a whole bunch of nothing. Uh, mm. and, it, and it's, and it is this murder mystery, this, you know, guy who can't pass the detective's exam, surprises his wife of 15 years with a trip to Europe he promised her forever to kind of, I think, move the conversation away from her not knowing he failed the exam and then they meet luke evans who's this mysterious like rich guy on the flight over where they're sitting in coach and he's you know first class and just throws his name around and people give him whatever he wants or whatever and he invites him on this yacht and then somebody gets killed on the yacht and kind of everything un- unravels from there but that's well, like clue so i got you. yeah it, it's like it, it, they had funny spots there were some funny jokes, but mostly one-liners. Like, mostly there was a, a line that caught me that I chuckled at, but in the whole, it's not really that funny. Um, mm-hmm. But it's okay. I mean, it's a 5 out of 10. It's definitely background music, but, um, you know, it's better than, I don't know, those other two or three pieces of shit that he made for <laughs> Netflix. So, What was that one where he was, like, uh, in the West and... Yeah, God. There's all the Indians it was, and it was the oh. It was the take on... Um, Blazing Saddles? No, I thought it was... Or was it a take on something else? No, it was on uh, Tarantino's Hateful Eight. Oh, that's right. No, yeah, yeah duh. Yeah. And, um, yeah, The Dumb then, Eight or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and then he did, uh, <laughs> like, Sandy Wexler. I don't know. They were terrible. They were all bad. Yeah. But uh, this one's better than those. So if you like Adam Sandler, you'll probably really be into this. But at the end of the day, 5 out of 10. Uh, I'll tell you what's not a 5 out of 10. ID4. You ready? I am so fucking pumped. The Ridiculous Six, by the way, is the name of the Adam Sandler film. Had to look it up. Apologies for that. Let's roll with Independence Day. (laughs) Sir, I I think you should listen to this. Spy job. Boys from air traffic res say the skies are clear. It's the real thing. A radio signal from another world. Mr. President, our intelligence tells us the object has settled into a stationary orbit. Part of it has broken off into nearly three dozen other pieces. Smaller than the whole, sir. Yet over 15 miles in width themselves. Where are they heading? They should be entering our atmosphere within the next 25 minutes. Let's just get there as quickly as What's possible. What's the rush, huh? You think we'll get to Washington and we'll be there? It is confirmed. The unexplained phenomenon is headed for Moscow. It's like a chess. First, their position their pieces, using this one signal to synchronize their efforts. And then what? Checkmate. Oh my God. I really don't think they flew 90 billion light years to start a fight. We've got to stop them! They're going to kill us all! God, I hope they bring back Elvis. There's gonna be a lot of frightened people out there. Yeah. 
Independence Day! Something you want to add to this briefing, Captain Hiller? No, sir. Just a little anxious to get up there and whoop E.T.'s ass, that's all. Fucking aliens, man. They had it coming. They had it they coming. They fucking did it. And they got it. They got it in the end. They got it, that's for sure. God. The patriotism in the Ugh. beginning of this film is just <laughs> oozing so hard. You're like, fuck yeah, we were on the moon. We're fucking Americans, man. No one's fucking with us. And then this huge ass ship. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, doing the doing the Jaws rule. Show, don't. But they show oh. the ship, but not the alien. Yep, exactly. You yeah. don't see the alien for a long time. Yeah, in this which film. is great, and you know, yep. I, I, this is a very formulaic uh, suspense action movie, and that's perfect because Roland Emmerich deli- uh, directed it, and he's the best at this. Like, if you yeah. want, if you want this type of summer blockbuster, he's the one you go to, and he follows the same, Agreed. the same points every time, and they work, and it's great. Can I before we even start with the plot and all that crap? Have you? When was the last time you saw this movie? I guess is a better way to ask it. The last time I watched this was probably at least five years ago. Okay, I'm about the same. Uh, my anniversary yeah. is the fourth. We usually don't take two hours and twenty minutes out to just watch <laughs> Independence Day. I do though call Jordan every Independence Day. Well, one of us, I should say, calls the other, and usually ends up having to leave a message and just saying. Independence Day, like you just have to. That is part of the, that's part of the friendship contract. You but, gotta do the best Bill Pullman you got. I, I understand. I hear you. But it's I hadn't seen it in like five years. I hadn't like closely watched it. Usually, it's something you catch on TV or something. Yeah. But really sitting down to rewatch this, I two things jumped out. One, it is incredibly rewatchable and so much fun. And two, I don't know of a movie whose effects aged worse. In such a short period of time than this film. Are you telling me you could tell they were using miniatures? Oh my god. And that they really didn't know how to make fire look real and it is <laughs> all that stuff. It is very close to Team America World Police. Like when when the planes when the planes are like you can see that they're being moved with something. Like it is Yeah, it's it's <laughs> You know, I remember watching it in the theater, and this is a thing like where times have changed in twenty three years so much where you're like Nah, in the theater, man, that shit looked awesome. Yeah. That was, like, fucking amazing. Like, great special effects. I remember, I think Stone Phillips even did, like, a special on Dateline talking about the special effects behind this movie. Yeah. It, uh, it, and it never, it never, yeah. <laughs> Stone appreciates it. He does. It, it was nothing that ever, like, dawned on me whenever I looked at it. Because at the, at the time, you don't know any better. No, exactly. And I've seen movies, like, when you watch The Rock that came out the same year, the special effects are way better. Oh my god, so much better. That's Michael Bay for you, man. Exactly. Like it's this is very clear like green screens everywhere like you can see the the haze around people's heads when they're in front exactly. of green screens. I, I don't and here's the thing, the budget on this film, 75 million less than Tropic Thunder. Yep. yep. <laughs> now with inflation, probably the Adjust same. Just for inflation, but still but, like yeah. <laughs> for all these effects, I mean it's crazy. <laughs> I just love like when they show everything blowing up. Yeah. It's just clearly miniatures. Yes. It's just clearly not real at all. No, it, it, you can see the styrofoam breaking apart. It's, yeah. It's, oh it's my very, very funny. But I I love this movie from the title sequence. Like the yeah. way over the top music. Like you were saying, you see the miniature. Uh, they show the plaque on the moon and the footprints on the yep. moon. And 
you know, th- this voiceover and everything, and then you see that shadow, and the tone of the music is dark and serious and heavy, and it is so over the top for uh-huh. the type of movie you're getting ready to see. But for some reason, it just fits, and it puts you in the mood to be like, I don't know what that shadow is, but I want I want that shadow fucked up, and I want it fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to bring some pain. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean... This the thing about this film is it's just War of the Worlds. It's just I remember when I read the book, I think a few years later, I was like, wow, this is the exact same plot. They just swapped out, you know, cold for computer virus. Yes. And that was pretty much the entire thing. And I, I love too the first and, and we haven't really mentioned it, but this is a long movie. It's so fucking long because I was watching the first hour and I was like, oh, it's been like on for like 20 minutes. No, it's been on for an hour. But it flies it's by. It's so much. It flies. Yeah, the action in this, that's the thing. There's never a dull moment in this film at all. But at the same time, I don't think that it's inundated with too many action sequences back to back to back. No. It takes no, its it all time to make sure that you develop all of the characters uh, that you're going to be spending time with. And I think that that's what probably separates it from a Michael Bay movie, which is, yep. here's a 22-minute action sequence. Like, you get yep. the, the classic scene in this movie uh, of the White House blowing up. You get that 46 minutes into the movie. You still have an hour and a half left. Exactly. And the thing about it is, like you just said, because they have all these different characters that it takes a little bit of time before they interact, you get to see all them and they can have their own action sequences that doesn't make it feel like one big one that they're all together in. And then when they all come together and have that big sequence at the end, it all feels so worth it and, yeah, and earned. Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't mind, you don't mind that it's so long because you're like, you haven't been with these two people together for the whole, the whole movie. You know, they, they've all been in different spots. And then they, when they finally come together, you're like, Oh, I'm not seeing the same thing over and over again. Every time, you know, I've watched it though. I mean, obviously hadn't rewatched it in a while, but I've seen it so many times. I always just want Randy Quaid, and I could really give a shit about his kids. Just get get the kids out of there. See, they, they don't have anything to do there for me. Yeah, I the character that I can really get rid of, and I don't mind the kids because there's they don't really do much anyway. It's not like we spend 10, 20 minutes with them. The the character that I could do without is the first lady. Either like yeah. like her dying is so worthless. There's no need for her to die. Like she can survive. There's no need mm-hmm. for her to die. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't advance the plot. It does nothing. Like it doesn't change anybody's actions. Her death is literally useless. That's true. That's true. I mean, it, Bill Pullman gets to do some good acting there with uh, with that, and she gets to say liar one more time because she likes to say liar throughout the entire fucking I, film. I feel like they had uh, Mary McDonald for about twenty five minutes one day, and they're like, "All right, <laughs> lay by this truck, die in this bed." That's all we need you to do. But they <laughs> spent they spent a little need. too much time with her. But I, I still love, like, getting back to the beginning of it, everything is, like, on the nose. And they yep. go to, after the title sequence, and they show the alien ship, they cut straight to the search for extraterrestrial intelligence base, SETI. And that just sounds like a made-up thing, like Ghost Hunters International or something. And you go in there, they look like they got some funding. Oh, yeah, no, that's real. Look, you you saw Contact. This (laughs) this movie becomes... What I love about this film is it's all the different genres kind of rolled into one in the beginning to get to where it is, right? Because it has the SETI thing, which is... It's very similar to, like, Contact. Mm -hmm. You've got all the military stuff, obviously, with Will Smith. 
you all of a sudden have, you know, American president with Bill Pullman and in the White House and all this stuff. You got all these different things kind of coming together from all these different worlds. Oh, yeah. It's just it's interesting how it all works because they're all shot very differently and unique <laughs> in their own way. It's like it's like five different movies all coming together to and form this thing. That's why it's six hours long. <laughs> exactly. But so we get into SETI and what song is playing? Well, what's going to happen, guys? I don't know. Thank you, R.E.M. Appreciate it. Thanks for... A little foreshadowing there, maybe? What do you think? <laughs> one giant scoop of foreshadowing, yes. And I also love that they hear that, they hear that, like, that, like that <laughs> noise, and they're like, that's, that's aliens. Like, man. I know it. <laughs> like, how do yep. they know that that's aliens? You don't work for SETI, man. I mean, look, <laughs> this is, you got to watch Contact. You'll learn everything from Contact. I've seen Contact. Dr. Eleanor Arroway, man, she knew what was going on. You need she's got the headphones on. She's listening for the sounds. I'm not really That's just signals. I'm not really sure why gargling was the sound I decided to go for with the aliens, but <laughs> that's that's the uh mode of communication in space, okay? That's that's what we're looking for out there. <laughs> They're like, nope, that one definitely alien. I know it. Wake up the boss. Get his ass down here. We got aliens. But that's exactly what you did here. A voice from the sky. That's Matthew McConaughey in contact. We're this is not a contact episode. Okay. Oh, is it not? When you I keep forgetting <laughs> you 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 could go do your own contact episode by your onesies. I, I just... might have to. I might have to do that. Jesus. <laughs> so in Independence Day. That's a good film. I like that film. <laughs> Let's talk about that one. We Why are you talk talking about, about contact? <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that they cut from the alien signal and straight to Robert Loja. Loja. Now, I don't want to serve in the military. Thank you, everyone out there who does. It's, it's just nothing I would ever be able to do. But if Robert Loja knocked on my door and was like, go to war, I'd be like, yes, I'm in. Sure thing, Mr. Loja. <laughs> and him and Dan Loria together be like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right at the beginning, that, that actually to me spoils any suspense that's in the movie because the team that has Dan Loria and Robert Loggia doesn't lose. No, because, I mean, that's just the wonder team. Yeah, you can't beat that. You can't beat no. that military mind. Are you kidding me? Not at all. No way. And so we cut to them, and, and it's a lot of quick cuts. It's it, it it's it does a good job of let's establish this real quick, then let's go over here and establish like let's establish all twenty five of our principal characters. We got to get through. Yes, we got a lot of people we're going through. And here. so they're like, okay, you know what SETI is? We got aliens. Cool, let's move. Uh, we're in the military. Okay, cool, let's move. Uh, from there, we got to call Bill Pullman sitting in bed, who by the way was on a heater by the time we hit nineteen ninety six. Yeah, it was a big run for him, right? Well, I mean, he had Newsies, A League of Their Own, Sleepless in Seattle, While You Were Sleeping, and then I, Independence Day. I mean, our man Denton crazy. had a run that pretty much ended after Independence yeah. Day. But yeah. uh, he was uh, he was going pretty good there. No, he, he, he was making some moves here. And again, it's a really short scene just establishing... You're the president. You're young. They throw in his approval rating that's been dipping recently because I guess that was relevant. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the nation does not have confidence in him because he was a fighter pilot in Iraq, but he doesn't know how to lead a country. Right. Right. Well, and and 
I also think that it's really funny that they decide for no reason that we needed two villains in the movie. We need right. the aliens and f- the Secretary of Defense. Yeah, Secretary of Defense is an awful human being. He for no, really is. Again, sort of no reason. It doesn't totally bug me. I don't think it ruins the movie or anything like no, that. No, but I, and he, James Rebhorn is, is great in everything he's right. in, and he's great in this, but it's like, I agree with you. It's like, what, what what is the point of this? Well, and over and over and over again, even when it's like, clearly we're being invaded by aliens, clearly we have problems, you're like, you can't do that, you can't... I think we have a unique problem here, Mr. Secretary. <laughs> I think <laughs> maybe you know, maybe you tell him about Area 51 finally <laughs> because these motherfuckers are back. Uh Secretary, your negativity is ruining this experience for me. I'm going mm-hmm. to need you to shut the fuck up. Thank you. Yeah, no shit. But they so they establish the president and his crew and then we cut, boom, Goldblum. Yeah. How much I mean, how much do you miss 90s Goldblum? So much. He, every time I see him on film, he's just—he's so great, man. I mean, him with him with Hirsch playing chess, everything. That was the first pairing I wanted to talk about. I wanted a spinoff of Goldblum and Hirsch. I would love it. Like, have them go solve crimes. I don't give a shit what you have them do. Have them go buy groceries. Have them just fucking have dinner at Canter's every night. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's what they're doing. So <laughs> I. I fucking loved them. I mean, Hirsch, by the way, is is the all-star of this movie, in my opinion. Like, he... Oh, he is... Not in it very much, but kills it. I know, as you would say, you know, he's throwing 100, but... It, yeah, oh, yeah. Us, and I can understand <laughs> motherfuckers serving up aces constantly. Wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Come on, man. I gotta... Well, we, we have tennis lovers out there. That's all right. But yes. We do. We do have tennis whatever, lovers, Whatever yeah. your particular sport is, he's doing the best at that sport. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was killer. And that, that chess match is just perfect. And he's so yeah. he's so funny and his comedic timing is so genius because he, he puts accents on words that could be written as a joke or not a joke. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going to mm-hmm. turn it into a joke. He is over-the-top Jewish guy to a T. And it's perfect. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It and, works. And then a, another quick cut, because we got to keep meeting no, all these gotta, people. a lot of people here. A lot of people. Then we cut to Mary O'Donnell, Mary McDonald's like twin sister, uh, Margaret Collin, who's Goldblum's ex-wife and works for the president. You mean Diet Elizabeth Perkins? I was going to... I See, when I look at her, I cannot ever not think of Gossip Girl. She's... Oh, is she on that? She's Blair's mom. She's Blair Waldorf's oh. mom, Eleanor Waldorf. And, she's, and which one is Blair? Oh, that's right. I don't know because I don't watch that show. Well, oh, I'm sorry. I know it's not One Tree Hill. I know it's not 41 Years it's, of One Tree Hill. So don't come it's here. It's not One Tree Hill. Don't come here with that that's, look on your face. It's not One Tree Hill. I, listener, I'm sorry you have to hear us have this fight. But don't look at me like that when you say Gossip Girl. You know, it's not One Tree Hill because it doesn't have CM squared. Okay? It, if it had CM squared, then no, we could start talking. No, it doesn't. It does not have it. He's never in it. <laughs> but we can both agree on our love of the oc from the creator of gossip girl yes we can we can meet in the middle at the oc we can meet in the middle on that for sure (laughs) so we meet her very quickly and they sort of establish i'm really you know into my job and uh, you know take that all very seriously and and what's very funny is like (laughs) and and that's great like I, i don't know why they try to point that out as like she really shouldn't be concentrating on work so much like she's, they always have to do that with women. I know it's like she's the chief of staff or something. Like that's a big job. 
Yeah, but she should be at home with Goldblum she talking should. about, you know, cable signals. Talk- <laughs> cable signals and recycling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He cares about the environment, Cole. He rides a bike. I get it. He rides a bike. He plays chess. He's the best. And then when do, when do we meet Harvey Firestein? <laughs> oh, man. Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Speaking of throwing a hundred. Holy oh <laughs> shit. I would love to try to do an impersonation. Can we just? I can't. Can we I just can't. play it? Let's just play it. David, David, what the hell's going to happen to people if you're not going to turn it on? I was turned on. I was ignoring you. Hello. What's the uh, What's the big emergency? It started this morning. Every station's making like it's the 1950s. We got static. We got snow. All kinds of distortions. Nobody knows. What are you doing? There's a reason we have bins labeled recycle. What the hell is going on? My God in heaven. So sue me, David! You got a problem! Did you uh, try to switch transponder channels? Oh, please, you think I'd be this panicked if it was something simple? Okay, let's point the dish at another satellite. We tried that, it didn't work. It's almost as though they weren't even there. What? (laughs) I mean... Oh my god, he's so good! And he's only made like a billion dollars writing musicals on Broadway, by the way. Right, right. But I love that he does these little cameos like yeah. this. Mrs. Doubtfire, he's so great in them. Well, they picked two people out of Mrs. Doubtfire because one of Randy Quaid's kids is the daughter of Mrs. Doubtfire. Exactly. Which, exactly. Which was, I'll tell you what, for an actress that you don't really see anymore, that's a nice little double feature. Yeah, no, she's. I think she doesn't act at all anymore. She's just been done. Like, if you look on IMDb, her picture is, like, from Independence Day, basically. Yeah, so. it is. I, I saw she had 30, uh, 38 credits, and, you know, she she does have a name, Lisa Jacob. So, yep. uh, and she was always good. You know who she looks like? She looks like Emily Van Camp. I mean, I disagree, but. Nah, she does. I give it to you. She took all those roles. She did. Anyway, yes. (laughs) She did. So, I mean, she's, she's one of Randy Quaid's kids and Randy Quaid in this film. I mean, here's the thing. If it wasn't Randy Quaid, I really wouldn't need that character and that whole subplot at all. I wouldn't, but Randy Quaid is so good. He's not. At what he does. Look. He's perfection in this. He's so good. Because Randy Quaid's not acting, Cole. Randy Quaid's just being Randy fucking Quaid. (laughs) He is. I love Randy Quaid, but this performance, this is what, we were talking a few episodes ago about how hard it is to play drunk. Yeah, he He, does it perfectly. He can't do it. It's so how can so you say bad. he can't do it when he is drunk all the time? <laughs> and that's just him. Maybe that's the problem is he's drunk and then he's trying to act drunk. So that's the know. issue. But I just want to remind no, everybody. I disagree, <laughs> listener. When you're watching this film, because for some reason in my deluded uh, self esteem, we we inspire you to watch all the movies that we talk about. Remember, especially when, Contact. Remember, <laughs> remember when you're watching Randy Quaid. Particularly in the beginning of this movie, he was nominated for an Oscar for The Last Detail in 1973. Yeah. So just just remember when you're watching him pretend to be drunk and like, I mean, it's it's what he was doing in Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he nominated for that too? Jesus, man. I don't know, man. I just, I think you're way off base here to... To talk about baseball here, you're way off base with the Randy Quaid performance. <laughs> we got to stop doing these late at night during the week, man. You're just getting punchy. No, no, I'm telling you, man. He's 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 amazing in this film. He's he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they they get through him, and you think like, my God, I've met like 35 people already. 
And then you still haven't met Will Smith. But we don't get to meet him yet because we we go back to Goldblum, like discovering a signal and meeting with Harvey Wire- Firestein again. Yeah, here's the thing about all that is um, I didn't realize that the aliens just like kind of spoke in binary. Right. And would just, you know, I, using our satellites, sure. Um, they figured out that technology. Okay. I just the fact that he figured out that it was a countdown. I mean, I can honestly buy it for a second. I can buy it. I can't buy what's going to happen way later on. Okay. I can't buy that. They understand Apple talk and their protocols for (laughs) their entire firewall of their defense system. He can just upload shit with animated gifts, no doubt at the end when he, I mean, we're going to get there. I know I just still, this I can kind of buy though. Well, you are definitely the uh, resident tech expert, but I'm just going to say as a non-computer person that he figures that shit out way too quick. Well, he went to MIT for eight years, Cole. That means he's smart. That's what that. That's why they But the question that. is, did, did, he, did he go there for eight years and just get his bachelor's? Because that's not great. No, I no, he's definitely, homeboy's got a PhD in decoding signals decoding alien signals got you okay (laughs) i missed that i was watching it and doing a little something else so i i'll grant the premise but i love this speech i know my just try and stay calm tell her to pack up and leave town why what happened just do it ma ma listen uh get your stuff together and uh head for anesthesis don't argue with me just go david why did i just send my mother to atlanta David! David, talk to me! You hear me tell you that the signal hidden in the satellite feed is slowly recycling down to extinction? Not really. Countdown. Countdown. We're count down to what, David? Ah, uh, it's like in chess. First, you strategically position your pieces, and when the timing's right, you strike. See? They're positioning themselves all over the world, using this one signal to synchronize their efforts in approximately six hours. The signal's gonna disappear and the countdown's gonna be over. And then what? Checkmate. Hey, if it got me to that speech, I'm actually not that mad at it. Yeah. Then he's he starts getting worried about his ex-wife. And they're trying to have like a little bit of a romance in this like thread through this movie, which is another sort of continuing to pile on in the first 40 minutes of like shit now i gotta i gotta worry about this <laughs> relationship i gotta I, is harvey firestein apparently is gonna be around for a while he's not going anywhere i yeah, got i got a whole bunch of shit going on and she takes this call during the press conference where the president is announcing that aliens have invaded the united states yeah i find it hard to believe that she was like oh there's a call for me I will take that. Yep. No, let me let me take. Especially when I think she's I think she's told it's from somebody saying he's your husband. All right, I'll take this. <laughs> what? This is after they drove all the way to DC, and like he's like, I'm gonna triangulate where she is because here's a digital phone book that I have on my little CD-ROM, and I just happen to have this triangulation thing for yep. the signal. All cable guy, all cable repairmen can do this, Dad. Don't worry about it. And now I know where she is, and I can tell her to look out the window. But my favorite part of that whole exchange is when she says, how does he always do that? He has been doing this for who knows how long now. He's been stalking her, triangulating her location. And he's like, I know you're not at home. You're over here. I mean, this is an interesting relationship that these two have. 
Hard to believe love didn't work out. Yeah. Well, love was never their problem, Cole. It was other stuff, like <laughs> whatever, him stalking the stalk- shit at yeah, her. Yeah, the stalking <laughs> shit. It was probably the other stuff. Probably. Well, and I do miss, in the mid-90s, movies like this, and a little later, like Enemy of the State and everything, where technology wasn't so readily available for the general consumer that you just sort of believed anything you saw in movies like, oh, I could just put some shit on top of my car and find out what room you're in in the White House, which apparently has very lackadaisical security. Yes, totally does. Totally does. Yeah, so he finds her and goes to the window and and all that stuff, and I still cannot believe that she takes that call. And you think, at this point, isn't Will Smith supposed to be in this fucking movie? (laughs) Yeah, he was marketed that way. He was in some trailers, so where the fuck is he? And we're, what, 25 in at this point? Yeah, at least, at least. A lot has happened. And then we cut to L.A., and we see him and Vivica A. Fox laying in bed and getting woken up by her son. Yeah. And so finally, you're like, I mean, there is a little bit of fatigue. I guess I should say this. I don't know that fatigue set in for me, but it was close with how many people and storylines were being introduced in rapid fire succession, but I think because it's done so quickly, it does, you don't feel the weight of it. Cause you're like, okay, it, it's almost like flipping through a book. Like, Oh, those two people. Okay. Flip. Let, let's go. Let's go. And Will Smith's charisma is so amazing on screen that you're like immediately drawn in. His charisma drawn to it. is so strong. He makes that mustache work. That's true. He does. It's incredible. It wouldn't work on anyone else. And it's so hard because he hasn't made that great movie in quite a while like the last will smith movie that i truly liked was probably i am legend i liked i am legend yeah a lot. i did too yeah but, you know it's been a, it's been a while and when you see him in this and he just gets up out of bed and you're just like that's the biggest fucking movie star in the world like i want to see him in everything and that's why he did bad boys id4 men in black like back to back like he owned summer blockbusters for like five years why wild west jim west desperado my man <laughs> and what I love is the introduction to him, and totally an homage to to Jaws when he's seeing the uh, the spaceship. Right, definitely just like Roy Scheider in. Oh yeah, in the, there, the close up the, on his the face, Spielberg Spielberg zoom, the dolly zoom right on his face. Perfect. I mean, a lot of homages in this film, a lot of you know borrowing, what have you. But it, it's great. And then because we don't know what he's looking at, we see everyone else. He's like, oh, another earthquake. The neighbors are moving. You still haven't really seen the the spaceship you know the alien right. aircraft and then when you see it from his perspective it's like holy shit that fucker's just floating over los angeles it's a really good use of finally showing us that thing yeah and i do want to go back though and just talk a little bit about him and vivica a fox's relationship yeah is this kid comes in tries to wake him up and they're like nah man it's too early it's too early go but go to go back to bed go back to bed go back to bed whatever and then he gets up and vivica a. fox is in the the kitchen and the kids in the kitchen and she like he kind of tries to start like making out with her i'm like dude there's a kid right there there's a child right there and then when he's leaving because he gets called back to base and he's like hey i got a report she gets mad but he's like hey why don't you guys pack up come down stay with me at the base and she's like really that'd be okay and the kid's still standing right there and he's like well I'm going to have to get rid of some of my girlfriends, you know, uh, postpone some of that freaky deaky stuff. I'm like, again, <laughs> that kid is right there. He's like, nah, what kid? I don't give a shit. Vivica A. Fox is hot, and that's what I'm focused on right now. I do have a question, though. How old is the son? I think like six. 
like six. So here's the thing. When Will Smith gets up and uses the restroom, goes back into the kitchen, and the kid comes in from outside, and he's like, hey, what you been up to? And the kid's like, oh, I've just been shooting aliens. Can you imagine letting your six-year-old just play outside while you're sleeping in the bedroom no. today? No, never, never. <laughs> that's, that that stuck out to me, and at the time it didn't at all, but that's just another thing, like how how times have changed in, in the 23 years since oh, this yeah. movie came out. Well, there's two things that shock me about that. One is I don't see kids like outside playing by themselves ever anymore. Yeah. And two, the concept that I would, at six years old, be allowed to go into my parents' room when they were sleeping and just like wake them up. That was not a thing in my household. It <laughs> was not like... That wasn't it? Get up, guys. Get up. No, that was... <laughs> like, we tiptoed on Christmas morning. Like, that's that's my household. So, like, Will Smith's character, uh, Captain Stephen Hiller, sees the spaceship, and now he's like, well, I had off for 4th of July. I was on leave for this weekend, but I got to go to El Toro. And I don't know, man. When he says El Toro, I know they're in California. Yeah. And the only El Toro I know is El Toro Road down in Orange County. <laughs> yeah, no, that's where they were going. Like, that's that's one of the things that I think is insane about this is he's there in L.A. And he's like, I got to yeah. report to El Toro, which is the city that I live in. So that's a good. <laughs> but now they call it Lake Forest. Now they call it Lake right? Forest. Yeah. But yeah. it was El Toro and there was a base here. L.A. to El Toro, 50-ish miles, give or take 10, depending on where they yeah. were in L.A. And you've yeah. already seen the scenes where like the freeways are packed and everybody's freaking out and everybody's moving. Everybody's packing up their fucking house. And he's yep. like, I got to report to El Toro. Let me tell you a story. Not making it. Not going to make no. it. No chance. He doesn't have a helicopter parked on the side of the road. Nope. He's just got a car. Yeah. He was going to take a car and he was not going to make it there ever. Mm-mm. No way. No way. Again, we, we're swallowing a lot of logistics in this movie and that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, he got there quick. Shows up. Got there quick. We got more people we got to meet. <laughs> well, we got Harry Connick Jr., which I just need more of him and everything he's in. I do, too. He's I, so fucking good. I wanted to see the movie with him and, and Will Smith. That would have been a great film. Right? Totally. Harry Connick Jr. was was amazing in Little Man Tate. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's I, he's never been bad. He's a good actor. He's just a good actor. I'll watch Hope He Close. strikes me as the kind of music you would listen to. Do you, do you like his music? I is do like good? his music. Yeah, I like his yeah. music. I like good music, yeah. so since he plays good music, <laughs> I will listen to it. Uh, saw him in concert at the Ho- Hollywood Bowl. Very, very good. Is he like a crooner? What kind of what style are we talking here? Uh, he plays a little bit of everything. A lot of jazz, some crooner stuff. Uh, he's always in for Danny Boy, but you know, genius piano player. A lot of a lot of New Orleans style music. I haven't really seen him in anything uh, like movies or TV in, in a while. He had a talk show that I think lasted for a year or two, but I, I don't watch a ton of day, daytime TV, but I don't think that's going on anymore. He did marry Jill Goodacre back in the day, so like he's just got a great life. So yeah, so he's done well for himself is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to say that, you know, it's all about who you marry, but he's just had a nice life. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. And he's good in the movies. But yeah, man, he's awesome in movies. I wish he was in more stuff, but we get, you know... We meet him, and now we're meeting all the boys at the base, and they're kind of gearing up for we're going to go attack the the airship. I think that's... Yeah. Which, that is probably the first and last military decision that is made in this movie that makes any fucking sense to me. <laughs> well, before like before that, even, they're like, we got to try communication, because we don't know if these aliens are going to be hostile. And I love that they just are like, you know what we're going to do? We've all seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 
we're going to do exactly what they did in that movie, but we just got a helicopter and we're going to put the lights on that. And we're just going to communicate that way and see what happens. Yep. These aliens are not the aliens from Close Encounters. These aliens mean fucking business and they just like open up, fire away, blow up the helicopters. Now we like, oh shit. So that's why Will Smith and all the guys are like yeah. going in overgear. Yeah. Just want to get up there and kick E.T.'s ass. Yeah, it, tur- it turns out turns out they were not just here to say hi. No, they, they were not. And they we, were do, not. we do then cut back for a minute to Randy Quaid and his family, Andrew Keegan sighting. Yep. That's the whole reason we need the family is because they need to put Andrew Keegan in They got to put Keegs in there. And so he's in there trying to make out with the daughter and then Miguel, his son. Do more than make out, but we'll leave it at that. Well, I should say we don't, he doesn't get any farther than that. He does not get any farther. Miguel yanks her out of the car and then we cut away. So that was sort of a useless scene entirely, I would think. Yep. And then we, I believe, cut to another thoroughly unnecessary scene, which is establishing that Vivica A. Fox is a stripper. Even though Harry Connick Jr. has already told us that. Already said it. <laughs> and just, can, can we... Can, that's the ugliest fucking ring I've ever seen in my life. It's not It's not great. No. Guys out there. Great. Guys out there. From somebody who was able to get the most wonderful woman in the world to marry him, let me tell you this. Do not buy an engagement ring that has animals surrounding it. Like, if you get a nice diamond, don't put a couple porpoises around it. Doesn't she like dolphins or something? Isn't that what... uh... Jesse likes dogs. I don't have a dog, (laughs) like, biting a diamond in the ring that I bought. You just, Mm, you pass on that. You missed out, I guess. (laughs) Or maybe Jesse did. Maybe she is really sitting there. Maybe Maybe she's sitting there like, I tell you what, if he had got me that dog (laughs) ring I wanted... I wanted that dog ring, man. That was it. That was going to be the icing on the cake. But they're obviously discussing, okay, now what's the strategy? How are we going to attack these fools? Right? Because they obviously mean business. So let's get everyone together. Let's get them in all the fucking fighter jets and and all that stuff. What I love about this film, though, is, and I don't know if you agree, but for me, the stakes never seem too high in terms of, I'm never worried that the main principles are ever going to die. Yeah. And I'm also never worried that, Anything, all the bad shit that's happened, when all the cities end up blowing up, all these people, it's no one that we've been, like, attached to, really. Yep. And it never feels like it's that, it's not that impactful of a of a thing. It's just like, this is a total action popcorn movie, and the stakes never seem that high, even though the world's coming to an end. We know it's going to work out. And I don't think the stakes get high until the end, which is nice. You don't have a situation where your main characters have survived and survived and survived and survived. So you're just like, obviously, they're going to survive. Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum are not put in danger until the very end. Like, Will Smith goes through a dogfight, so he survives one thing. Mm -hmm. But then it's not 10, 12 different action scenes with Will Smith. You know, Vivica A. Fox survives some stuff. You know, uh, the First Lady survives some stuff for a little bit. But like you said, you don't have the same person going through the action. And I think you're 100% right that the stakes don't feel big until it's time for them to feel big. Until right. are we going to lose some people at the end? Yeah. So we have a Kirsten Warren sighting from Saved by the Bell, The College Years, which I can oh, tell yeah. you one thing about this show. If anybody was ever in Saved by the Bell, it's going to get mentioned. Yep, that's true. Anybody who was in Saved by the Bell out there, keep following the podcast. You're going to get dropped. <laughs> She was a thespian in the college years, if I recall, right? She was. She was Slater's girlfriend. Yeah. And she was an actress. And mm-hmm. she became an actress, apparently. I guess she was in some stuff. I don't know. Yeah. At yeah. least. She's been in a few things. At least there. Independence Day. But I will say, when I saw the movie in the theater, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. 
I know her. And then she yep. she dies very quickly. She dies, you know, and Vivica A. Fox and the son and the dog Boomer, they almost die. But the whole time that's happening where they're in the, the, the tunnel there, I'm like, can you just find a door? Because if you can find a door that you can open up and that like you can go into a room, then you'll be safe because the fire fire doesn't travel that way. Basically, like fire is just going to go down the tunnel. But if there's openings on the side, it's going to stay out of that. Yeah, it's not going to fuck with you there. No, well they they saved the dog, and that that yeah. dog sequence is one of the worst CGI sequences you're going to oh see. Oh my in god, the when movie. the dog jumps off the car and there's just fire in the background and he's got his tongue out, like I'm oh, fucking this is great, man. I'm just having a great old time. It's it's so bad, and I mean, sure, the fire didn't go in the door. The fire did create enough havoc to break the light bulb. Yeah, but the fire obviously. did not didn't didn't sneak in the room nope. to incinerate Vivica Fox and the sun. Uh, nope. One of many issues with the fire, but this is when the, the aliens <laughs> decide we're gonna blow up, fucking everything up. The countdown is is done, and it's all it's all here. And the president just gets away in Air Force One. We get the most iconic shot of the movie, which is the White House getting blown up. Yeah. I mean, that thing, that that looks terrible now, but at the time, it did blow my mind. Oh, totally. Like, the White House, New York getting blown up, L.A. getting blown up, all those major cities just in ruins. I remember even watching the film as, as a kid and just being like, that's just crazy, man. I've never seen anything like that on there before. Just seeing all that destruction and all those all those places just incinerated. Yeah. And, you know, they they go up, and at this point, they're deciding we've got to attack this ship, right? Yeah. So they send fighters with missiles, and they're like, all right, boys, here we go. We got the Lucky Cigars. We got ACJ. We got Will Smith. They're going to go and kill all the aliens. And when they get into battle formation, they a couple of them fire missiles, right? And a force field yeah. that is a significant distance away from the ship itself... Uh -huh. is there and it just swallows the missiles and there's no damage done yep at that point you just turn around and go home right i would think so yep you don't try anymore like you're not like well maybe there's a weak spot here no there's a force field we yeah. don't know what the fuck we we're dealing with is. here we can't solve no. that yet but they no not at all but here is where i would like to talk a little bit about alien battle strategy mm -hmm. now i'm not a military man i'm not schooled in military strategy or anything like that but here's what i'm thinking you have a giant force field around your spaceship. No need to send any of your people out to dogfight with the Air Force. No. Just fire on them. Or or do nothing. <laughs> or do nothing, yeah. Just, just keep just destroying cities. Keep, keep using that, that big laser to destroy cities <laughs> and do literally nothing. Because yep. we also see sequences where planes fly into the force field and blow up. We see missiles can't get through the force field. It's a good force field. It's a good force field. What doesn't make sense to me, though, is when they're letting the little the little ships come out. Obviously, there's no force field because those ships get through. You're telling me none of the fighter pilots were like, well, you know what? If while the, all those ships are coming out, what if I just fire some missiles in there? There's yeah. no force field right now. Like, come on, guys. Think on your feet. I also would like to know that clearly they have force field technology. Is there a reason, like, I don't, again, don't know what the alien defense budget is, but is there a reason that all of these alien battleships don't have individual force fields? 
Well, they, I mean, they do all the little ones do, right? No, the little, like the little, like fighter jet alien thing. Oh, they, they have, they have force fields. Do they really? They have force fields. Yeah, they do. What, what doesn't make sense to me is why the force field breaks down when it crashes after chasing Will Smith's that, character. That's what I was going to say. Like, how do we win any of it? Even Harry Connick Jr.'s, like, the little ones got it too. Like, the little one, that's what, that doesn't make sense to me either. Is like, they have force fields when it's convenient, and then they have they don't have force fields. I missed when, that line because I was just like, it, th- none of this shit makes sense. Like it feels like if you got force field technology, you force field everything. So they did. I, I aliens. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that part you got again right. though doesn't make sense as to why it breaks down after it crashes with Will Smith. Like how could the thing ever crash with a force field? I, I don't get it. But we're gonna get to something later on with Goldblum and the Coke can. Yeah, and. If there's a force field, bro, how are you putting a can on there? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That don't make no sense. <laughs> well, eight years at MIT. Unless, oh, you know what? I Unless he put the can on there because he already knew how to take the force field down. You, oh, shit. So you think, this movie has, so you think, he figured out how to take the force field down, put the can up there, put the force field back up, then had, had the guy from Chuck fire at it. So you think he put the Trojan horse in there to see if it worked he was beta testing his virus yeah yes and so that's exactly what he was doing okay yeah yeah god he's so the listeners are probably like jed you're a fucking moron that you did you just now realize this but i'll be honest with you i'm not gonna try to cover it up just realize it now (laughs) just have me a little brain brainstorm right there there you go it's this movie has so many levels so much depth to it well it's hard to catch everything because there's 38 characters you gotta this is a movie that i love and i've seen a bunch but I really struggle to remember the names of any of the characters. It's too many. Oh, totally. Totally. Like when I, I, agree. when I was looking up and sort of trying to do some research for this, I'm like, all right, what was Will Smith's name? Hiller or Hipper or Himmer or something. <laughs> it's something like that. And then I'm trying to no. remember Goldblum's name. No clue what right now. Do not know what Goldblum's name was in the movie. My boy. That's what I remember. I maybe David, my David, David. Yeah. My David, my David. <laughs> Is Judd Hirsch Irish to you? Do you just hear everybody is Irish? <laughs> yeah, that's what he. That's what he's. The whole reason his name is David is so that when he opens the laptop, it can say, "Hello, Dave." You know, a little two thousand one callback for you there. Like you said, man, layers, 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 lot, lot of depth. So they have that. They have that dogfight, and Will Smith somehow wins, but no fucking idea how. But somehow wins, and he's so cool. That that alien like bursts out at him and he just punches it. Am I the only one who, when that happened, was like, I would be getting nowhere near the opening of that ship. What the fuck are you thinking? I would have, when that alien came out, I would have drowned in my own urine. Yes. There would have been, I would have peed so much that it would have filled up wherever (laughs) I was and I would have fucking drowned. And Will Smith's like, I got it. Just punch I'm him. I'm going to punch the shit out of it. That's and then, it. And then he thinks that one punch killed it. Yep. And he's dragging yep. it around, which is a great scene, by the way. Will Smith by himself dragging that is fucking oh, hilarious. God. Oh, it's hilarious. Can we get a little of that? I want to hear I, I want to, I want to hear some of that. You know, this was supposed to be my weekend off. But no. You got me out here dragging your heavy ass through the burning desert with your dreadlocks sticking out the back of my parachute. You got to come down here with an attitude, hacking all big and bad. And what the hell is that smell? 
I could have been at a barbecue! But I ain't mad. It's all right. That is all right. Uh, That's I, perfect. Basically, it makes me want to see Castaway with Will Smith. I would watch that movie. 100%. I would totally watch that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that this movie, and Will Smith's been cool in a lot of movies. Let's not kid ourselves. Like, that was his thing. This might yeah. be, like, the coolest he was. I know Hitch is up there. Bad Boys is obviously up there. But this is, like... Men a, in Black, he was pretty cool. He's cool in all of them. Like, that's the, that's the yeah. thing. But, like, this is a unique sort of cool that Will Smith is because, like, when he's taking down the alien and he's shit-talking the alien while he's dragging him through the desert. Yeah. I don't have that in me. I don't have that. I don't have that gear. There's no fucking way. You see that thing with the tentacles flying around everywhere. I'm getting nowhere near that nah, fucker. Nah, that that's somebody else's problem. I brought it down, but this is somebody else's problem. So we're at a pretty low point here in the in the film in terms of we don't know how the fuck as viewers we don't the characters have no idea how are we going to beat these guys right yeah and that enters Judd Hirsch to save the day to be like. You motherfuckers knew about these guys back in the 50s and you did nothing. Mm -hmm. Roswell, Area 51. And the president's like, that's not, that's not true. That's, you know, you're mistaken. He's like, and David, sweet, sweet little man. That's not a thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's how Robert Lowe just said it. Yeah. And, Um, (laughs) and, and David's, David's like, no, dad, you're, you're, you're embarrassing me. And then our, our fucking villain number two is like, Nah, they're, uh, that's not entirely accurate, Mr. President. And they're like, when the fuck were you going to tell us this? Well, it was highly classified. You didn't think the events that just happened maybe blow that out the fucking window that we may need to know about this shit? And so, obviously, there is an Area 51. They reroute there. And now what I love is that we have all these different characters and all these different threads going on. And they all converge at Area 51, and yep. it really works out well. It, it, it really, It's really good movie making. Although, I do have a question about Area 51, and we're going to get to Brent Spiner, obviously, which was great casting. Mm-hmm. But the president didn't know about Area 51. No. Will Smith did know about Area 51. He, he didn't know about it, but he saw the base when he flew overhead. Okay, gotcha. When he was fighting the alien guy. And so when Randy Quaid's like, this isn't on the map, he's like... It'll be there, trust me. Oh yeah, see that and again, that's what happens when you know, watching it a little bit in passing, I missed yeah. I missed some of the nuance that is Independence Day. And that's what a lot of you know when, Easy thing to do. When, when film historians break this film down, they talk a lot yeah. about the nuance. The godfather of alien invasion films. <laughs> I was like, so everybody knows about Area fifty one, except the President of the United States. <laughs> God damn it, Denton, get your shit together. Yeah. No shit. But so yeah, I I do like you're saying, I like that everybody kind of comes together at Area 51 and the, you know, ground zero for alien activity in the United States is where we're going to figure out how to defeat whatever the hell's going on. Yeah. So Will Smith like rolls up in the back of a truck with an alien in there and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where the fuck you think you're going? Yeah. This is a secure area. He's like, he just gives him like his name and rank and they're like, we don't give a shit, man. And mm-hmm. then he shows him the alien like, okay, you can go in. And then, like, a bunch of Winnebago's just follow him in. Like, they don't even stop the Winnebago's. No, no. They don't care. They were just like, we got one alien? Cool. Everybody can come in Area 51. Like, I didn't understand that at all. Well, and here's the other thing, too. The guards at Area 51 do not know what goes on inside of Area 51. There's no way they have that clearance. So, again, 
it's all a little like, let's just get to the fucking point here. We need to get everyone inside there. We need to start rolling on these aliens. We need to find out what we know about them. And so obviously they crash land in the 50s. We have the ship. We have some bodies. They've been doing experiments on them. They can't. They even said that the power system on the ship is so different and advanced, what have you, than what we have, that they've never been able to activate it. But now that the aliens are here, they have wireless power, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right. And they can now, all the all the gears and everything like that, all the all the devices on the, uh, on the ship are starting to activate. And so now it's doing all these crazy things. And when he realizes that, holy shit, Will Smith has a live one, well, let's go cut this fucker open. Right, right. That's that's dumb. Yeah, that's real stupid. That is That's so fucking dumb. Like again, existing in the world, like the movie Aliens has been out, presumably these people have seen that film. Yeah, uh, you don't do that. You just don't you just don't do it. It's not that hard to figure out. And he even says he's like they don't have any vocal cords, so they must communicate some other means. And Jeff Goldblum's like, "Well, you don't mean by like hand signals or anything." He means like, "No, telepathically." You're going to open up a being that you believe can communicate telepathically, yeah. and you don't think it's going to fuck your mind up somehow? It's just bad planning. It's really bad planning. <laughs> I mean, it's... And so they cut the fucker open, and then it, the, the biomechanical suit splits open. You see this little alien head, looks all fucking sinister, and the, the sound goes off, and he's like getting into the mind of the doctor, yep. starts attacking everyone. And then what I love, my one of my favorite parts of the film... Even when I saw it as a 13-year-old, the doctor's up against the glass, and he's clearly got tentacles around his throat. And the tentacle, the alien uses the tentacles to make the doctor say, release me. And the guy from Chuck is like, hey, guys, why don't we open this fucker up? Yeah, you right? You see the fucking tentacles, dude? Yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta keep that in there. We gotta keep yeah, that you know, in there. Exactly. There's no, need, there's no need to be like, let's all walk in, see if we can talk to him. <laughs> he seems like he's in a mood to negotiate which i do love that the president attempts to negotiate with him he totally does like we can we can make peace here it's like nah no peace bitch now that you've killed we one of my like doctors that. and you're speaking telepathically through his throat i would like to offer you a treaty <laughs> yes with what i believe are very favorable terms doesn't he say we'll give you florida <laughs> and <laughs> That would be fucking hilarious if he busted out an electoral map and was like, all right, I lost Florida. I lost Texas. I lost Louisiana. I didn't yep. do great in Arizona. I'm just, you guys can have these. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How about that? <laughs> oh my gosh. So then they kill the alien because yeah, when that's they not ask, bulletproof glass. Although he asked like, you think, hey, is this glass bulletproof? No. And then they blow this alien away. I feel like that's bulletproof glass. Yeah, it, I feel, it would definitely be I feel like if you're class. doing surgery on alien life forms, the precautions have been made that the alien should happen what absolutely happened to these doctors. <laughs> the alien can't bust through the fucking window and murder everybody. Yeah, totally. But they apparently more. got a deal at Home Depot for some single pain, <laughs> and they're like, we're running over budget. We just throw this shit in there. There's not that Let's many aliens. It. Fuck it's ridiculous. It. So they blow the alien away, and they're shooting him with pistols, and the alien reacts as though he just got thumped by, like, I don't know, six or seven cannonballs? Yeah, no, he, he totally falls over. It's, it's big time. And the thing is, is that the president is had already been kind of taken over by the alien, 
So he sees what their plan is, and that's the whole, there we go, advance the plot a little bit. Okay, but please, but fucking please, like, no, because they have a telepathic power to get inside your head and fuck with you, right? Yeah. But is it not the shittiest superpower in the world if in the same time that I'm fucking with your brain, you just happen to be able to read all my thoughts? Totally. We know what your plan is now. It's a horrible ability. It's a horrible... Like, we don't know. You know, maybe in the alien world, they had a lot of problems with lying and the governments and everything so they <laughs> they evolved to have telepathic abilities where you always know what someone else is thinking so you know the truth and you know what's going on Jesus and, and that might be what happens this is some very interesting gymnastics you're doing to try and make up for very lazy writing yeah and yeah. by the way did you president i don't know president bill <laughs> mr pullman <laughs> did you really need to have it spelled out for you that their plan was to annihilate the planet at this stage of proceedings? No, you, look, you blew up all my major cities, <laughs> peace treaties. Like, like I think how, we can reach an agreement. How is he like, I've seen their plan. Their plan is to kill <laughs> us all. Um, that's a big no shit, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> they want to use all our resources. Mr. President, I don't give a shit what they want to do after they yep. kill us all because I want to stop them at killing us all. Yeah, it looks I, I, I both agree with you, Mr. President, and am disappointed in your ability to deduce this information without getting brain fucked <laughs> by an alien. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, th I hope that line's in the director's cut because that would be <laughs> awesome. If you can just hear Loja saying that to him. <laughs> I want to hear Loja read children's books. Oh, that would be good. I, wanna, I want Loja reading Cat in the Hat and scaring a whole generation of babies. I just can't see him and not think of the orange juice commercial. Yeah. It's just, it's always on my mind. He, he For the listeners out there, look up the Robert Loja orange juice commercial. Look up Robert Loja anything, but yeah, the orange juice commercial is good. Um, so this is when the president's like, oh, I think we're in trouble. It looks like these no guys shit. are not here for good. So now let's <laughs> nuke them. We're going to yep. fucking nuke them. And David's like, no, you can't. You can't nuke them. You can't. What, what do you do? <laughs> That's my David. That's your David. That is a good David. That's a good David. And by the way, I'm a David. I'm on Team David. Like I think David is obviously our yep. moral center for the film. Uh -huh. But what an idiot! Like, no, you're gonna have to nuke. We're gonna have to nuke him. Like, oh, but innocent Americans will die. Yep. Here's that's, the thing. That's gonna happen. What has led them to the conclusion that our missiles do nothing to the force field, mm -hmm. but a nuclear bomb will? Size matters. I, 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 it's not even covered in the film. <laughs> like, they don't even say that our theory is that the heat generated by a nuclear blast will be enough to overcome the... Just a throwaway line. Just no. something. No, it, it... What I do... I actually like this, though, to be honest with you. I like that they continue to just say, we are the big... It's like, we're the biggest power in the world, so we're going to hit them with our guns. Those don't work. We're going to hit them with our missiles. Those don't work. And we're just going to keep walking up the ladder... And like, oh, well, we were trying not, we didn't want to do this to you, you guys, <laughs> but you forced our hand on this shit. Fuckers asked for it. So here we go. And we're going to, we're going to bust you with a nuke. So I actually like the arrogance of this idea that we're going to, our shit's going to work. I mean, we have, that, that is, that is the classic confidence of this movie is none of this has worked before, but it'll work this time. It'll work this time. 50 no's <laughs> and a yes means yes. Um, That's true. So they they hit him with the nuke, and I it's problematic. I would say this this scene. Yeah, they they hit him with the nuke out of the stealth uh, stealth bomber, right? 
I guess that's how we nuke people. I didn't know that, but sure. Yep. And it, they think it's effective, but they can't see anything. Oh, maybe because they fucking threw a nuclear bomb at them. Yep. And so it takes a little bit for the debris and everything <laughs> to kind of clear because it's a nuclear bomb. Right. And they realize the ship is still there. Basically, like, you know, were you trying to do something to me? I, I yeah, didn't feel anything. Because, so. because you remember that force field that we've had the whole fucking time? We still got it. We still got that. We still, still got, got it. it. Yep. And it's still effective. They also are like, that plane did not get out of that nuclear fallout. No. Like, they, they just, and, and they literally just move past us. Like, there is nothing. They're like, shit, what are we going to do now? On to the next one. On exactly. to the next one. There's you cannot go there. Like, you can't inhabit that area for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the half-life is for whatever. The, I know. I'm, saying, I'm sorry. I'm saying half-life. I've just watched Chernobyl. Yeah, it's seven. I'm up to speed on all this. The half-life is seven. Seven? Okay. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so Seven quads per channel is the half-life on... That's good. But only when you get the TK421 modification, right. which they do in-store, very low price to you. Because it's the highest fidelity. That's the whole point. That's what you need. It's the hi-fi. High fidelity. Hi-fi. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. We just lost That's everybody. <laughs> Everybody's yeah, like... we lost everyone here. They're like assholes. We hung in there with you for like an hour and ten minutes, but... We can't We can't make it past Boogie Nights references. Nope, it's we not going to happen, okay? We done. <laughs> but yeah, so you can't inhabit any of these fucking areas for quite some time. We're going to go right past that. Whatever. It doesn't matter. And then Will Smith is just going to hijack a helicopter and go look for jasmine and he finds jasmine real fast real quick how how yeah how he knows that she's gonna go to el toro sure so he gonna fly to el toro right okay um <laughs> i get i get what you're saying yep but el Toro's not a small place like he just he just yep. finds her like there, there's so many things in this movie that are i think that there was probably a better way to get her there i guess is my point Probably, but you know we're already like two hours and ten minutes into this <laughs> film, so we need to we need to speed some shit along. We got the first lady there; uh, she dying. Although, also Matt Perry's dad on the Secret Service detail. So <laughs> that's true. Both that's the Perrys true. are doing well in '96. <laughs> um, I I still come back to this idea of like why kill her? Like, there's no point in killing. There's no point in having her in the movie. But yeah, why kill her? Because. We still don't know. And I guess here's a question for you. It's probably not an answerable question, but if they're not going to tell us why uh, Goldblum and Pullman hate each other, then what's the point of having that at all? I mean, the way I always interpreted that or kind of made the conclusion is that they hated each other because Goldblum felt like she was a workaholic and he also thought that she was having an affair with the president and he attacked the president. He wasn't the president at the time. No, when he was no, like running I, the campaign, right? Yeah, all that stuff. I know that. I, I know that. They say that, but I'm just like, it feels like that had to come from somewhere. Not just like, oh, you work a lot, you're banging your boss, now I'm going to go fight your boss. Like I, Because even at the end, he's sort of like, not bad, David. Yeah, no, he hates not David, bad. no matter and what. And I'm like, why do you hate If you hate him because you got in a fight with him, like that just doesn't make sense. There's got to be more there. And yeah. I'm interested in what more is there. I'm not necessarily interested in them tacking that onto this movie, but I'm interested in like what that whole, and maybe they talk about that in resurgence. I did not see resurgence. So I don't know. Oh, you didn't. No, no. They, they do not address that in resurgence, man. Resurgence is, I really don't even know how to describe what that was. We don't need to talk about it. 
Yeah. <laughs> to say it was a letdown is to put it mildly. Well, you're the reason I didn't see it. Because when, yeah, when it's yeah, you were like, no, man. I'm like, okay, that's all I needed to hear. It's so bad. Usually, uh, sequels 20 years in the making, not great. No, 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 no. So we're at a real low point here. Like we were at a low point before. We're at an even lower point because nukes, mm-hmm. that's nukes the strongest weapon we have and that doesn't work. So David's like, well, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> so he's going to get hammered. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> there it is. Let's do it. Yep. Let's get this that's done. That's it. And of course, we got Judd Hirsch coming back in to save the day yet again. Tells David at the end, hey, get up off the floor. It's cold. You don't want to catch a cold. David's like, what did you say? You're a genius. My dad's a genius. Give it a cold. And he figures out, hey, I can, you know, communicate with the ship some fucking way. I can speak the protocol somehow. I can upload a program that's a virus somehow, which will disable it. So what I think he does, he disables it, puts the Coke can there, re-enables it, brings everyone in for the demonstration, has the guy from Chuck shoot at the fucking can. It ricochets off because the force field's there. He's like, but now what I'm going to do is... And shoot at it again. Oh my God, no force field anymore. I gave it a cold. I gave it a virus. I blah, 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 blah. Okay, now we have what's going to save the fucking day. We have to get this virus up to the main ship. It'll basically spread to all the other little nodes there and all the other ones will will, will go down and then we can attack them so that's our plan we got to get a ship up there we have one ship here which we've had since the 50s which we can fly because will smith has seen the way they maneuver well and can can somebody explain to me why the secretary of defense is against this plan like why is he still fighting against this shit because he wants to use his nukes man he wants more nukes it it is incomprehensible to me that he's still like you Mr. President, you cannot do this. I don't because, understand it either. Because nothing has worked yet, and you cannot do this. And I just continue to go, why do I have to hate this guy? Like, what? Yeah. what is the purpose of me hating this dude? But they figure it out, and they're like, this is what we're going to do. And then they send out by Morse code to everywhere, yep. hey, we're, we're getting an offensive. And the British guys were my favorite, because the one British guy says... It's about bloody time. Yes, he does. And it's like, it's been a day against mm-hmm. an alien invasion. I'm sorry, sir, that we were not quick enough to come up with the solution to save the world against a threat no one's ever seen before. Our Here's bad? my question. <laughs> Here's my question, though. If you're the aliens and you blow up all these major cities and you're in these several dogfights and you destroy all of them, do you decide that you're just going to wait then and rest up before sending in the ground troops? Mm-hmm. Or do you just send the ground troops in right away? Like, what, what's the deal here? See, but here, here's what I'm, here's my point. Why send in anything at all? Move the ship to a different place you haven't destroyed and destroy the new thing. I get, yeah, that's a good plan too. That works too. Because it's my understanding that the ships are mobile. Well, I don't know what resources they want from us. Do they need? I mean, they breathe oxygen. They said so. Do they need our water? What What do they need? What do they need from us? Maybe they're trying to put the minimal damage that they can on the surface of the planet and just destroy major cities, and then they're going to go and I don't know what they're going to grow wheat or whatever they need to grow. <laughs> that would be awesome if they're like, honestly, guys, we just want to grow wheat. We just we want to farm. We're humble we're farmers. farmers. We're humble farmers, and we just we're looking for some land. And there you go. we have the scene where Pullman's like, oh, shit, we, we got, we can do that. Let's just cut this shit we, out. We can do farming. 
Guys, honestly, what we really need is we need drilling rights in Alaska. We so do. if we could get that, really appreciate it. <laughs> so in they, they get this plan and then it's like, okay, we're going to execute this. Will Smith is somehow going to know how to joystick drive this uh, alien spacecraft that has seats that are bizarrely ergonomically designed for humans. Yep. Yep. It's very interesting. With the seat belts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point did they not they didn't retrofit it they just they, i mean let's put it this way they had to retrofit it but they didn't show it to us so they would just have us believe that like we got little swivel captain's chairs here guys it's all bucket good seats bucket seats, power windows <laughs> so they they figure all this out and they're like we need pilots for all these planes because these people who we thought were going to be nice killed like 68 million people <laughs> And so that's where we got Randy Quaid, who's like, I can fly, whatever. And he's drinking strong coffee and he stands up and he's telling Chuck, like, look, I can fly, but I just want you to know that I'm very enthused about this because when these bastards abducted me 10 years ago, and this is like the third or fourth time that we've been told that Randy Quaid was abducted by aliens and everybody laughs at him or gives him shit every time. Which makes no sense because you have just been invaded by aliens. Which yes. leads a lends a little bit of credibility to what he's saying. And after aliens have killed everybody and they're getting ready to load planes to go kill aliens, everybody is still like this fucking jagoff. He's mm-hmm. this okay, guy. dude. Oh, aliens? Oh, you were abducted by aliens. Sure. And, Every time I watch it, it makes no sense and, to me. And how he doesn't turn around and go, hey, uh, guys. You see that up there? Fucking aliens. Aliens. They're going to be aliens in there. All right. That's what it is. But again, it's just a fantastic performance by Randy Quaid here. Mm. Um, no. He's sobering up. He's starting to come around. You can see the, the transition from being extremely drunk to kind of sobering up and drinking the coffee. And the subtlety with which he Jesus conveys Christ. this. It's so amazing. Do you have I Randy just... Quaid booked to to like be interviewed on this show and I don't know about it? No, I just I'm just a fan of the man's of the man's work. I mean, he he does a great job in this film. He really he really does. Not you know, some of the characters are over the top and everything. He's not though. He really plays it. He plays it right. <laughs> I guess, man. Hey. <laughs> you know what? We don't have to agree on everything. So, it's no, all good. No, we, we definitely don't. But so they they do start actually retrofitting uh, the spaceship because one of the guys who's like, hey, we need a transmitter. So they get this sex toy transmitter that just looks like a gigantic <laughs> penis. <laughs> They're like, make sure that works. Like, and they got to put a nuke on there. They got to arm the nuke yep. and, and everything. So they put all that on and then Will Smith and Vivica A. Fox got to get married. So they get married in a very yep. cute little ceremony. And then it's time for inspiration. Yes. It's time to feel it in your fucking soul. And, I mean, take it away. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. 
We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. I'm excited. Dude, I want to go fight right dude, now, man. Dude, I it's so cheesy. It rhymes for Christ's sake, and I don't care. It does. I'm like it does. Yes. And I love yeah. it where they go around and they're showing guys and the the one dude gives like the extra hard salute. Like not just a regular salute, Mr. President, but that speech was so awesome that I am going to fucking salute the shit out of you. And I love it. It's great. It's it's iconic, man, you know. Like I said, man, it it gets to me. I, right here, right here, right there, right here between this side of my robe and this side of my robe, right here. <laughs> so, oh man, so <laughs> there is no one left listening nope, to this fucking thing. No, nope, we ran them all <laughs> off. We ran. I'm sorry, guys. Sometimes you're gonna get these. Hope you like it. Yep. <laughs> so. So not even Randy Quaid could save this fucking episode. <laughs> so I do love how they, you know, they get in and they're like, "Hey man, let's take the cigars. We got to do this, but we don't do this. We don't smoke until we win." They hop in and little little comedy with, you know, "Oh, oh, somebody fucked up with my my little gear shift," which it turns out that all the technology that is so advanced that we've been hearing about, <laughs> it turns out that backwards goes forward and yep. forward goes backwards and it works basically it. like any lawnmower <laughs> that has been around for like the last 50 years that's it man that's all you need that's and all you need to know he's, will smith has never flown one and i always love nope. the the construct in a lot of these movies and it's always with pilots that they're like if they can get in the air i can fly it I don't, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so man, i don't think that's don't a think thing that's true. No. I, I i do think pilots can fly different types of planes but I yeah. don't. I don't necessarily think that you're like literally anything that can get in the air. I will fly. Yeah, I don't either. It, it so, makes no sense to me. If there's any pilots out there, let us know. Like, let me know if I'm wrong. It just always <laughs> feels a little weird. But uh, they he, he gets out and he's not out of the he's not out of Area 51 like half a mile yet. And he's like, we're gonna start doing barrel rolls and all sorts of tricks and all kinds of shit. And I'm yeah. like. He just he wants to let it let it breathe a little bit. He wants to get the feel for it. But the interplay there between him and Goldblum. I want that movie. I want it so. It's so fucking funny and so good. The chemistry between those two. It's so funny you mentioned wanting a bad boys with them too because that's the first thing I thought. Because they haven't yeah. they haven't really been together the whole movie and the the oop, no. the oops line like is yep. it's fantastic and uh, we're gonna have to work on our communication like 
all yep. of that stuff. They have such great chemistry. And I'm like you. I love Martin Lawrence, but it's a better movie with Goldblum. Yeah, I think it really is. I think it really is. Don't change anything else. No. Just put Goldblum in there. Goldblum or, is married to Martin Lawrence's wife. Yeah. Everything's the same. Or go with, do like a lethal weapon and make Goldblum the Pesci character. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. Like just add him. Because yep. I really don't want to take Lawrence away because Lawrence and, and Smith are so great together. But man, Goldblum and, and Will Smith are fucking phenomenal. And and, and I had completely forgotten that until I rewatched this. I'm like, God, so, two guys with charisma just oozing out of them. Fantastic. You know what I have to say to that? Okay, 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 <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Jesus. You were. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. We're almost done. I promise. We're almost done. So they, they, they get to the spaceship. And it's all relying on them, you know, get it? Trojan horse. Okay, we're on board. Yep. <laughs> so they 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 get invited in and, and they're drug in. And then I guess I have a question that this this plane's been around for 40 something years. They have not upgraded a model. Like they don't recognize a Model T version is like flying in, nope. I, I guess. But they get in and they 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 put the Trojan horse in, and then honestly. It's hard to say this because it's a very low bar, but this is probably the most incomprehensibly bad effects in the entire movie. <laughs> well, before we get to that for one second, I'm sorry. I just have to say, you're telling me that this ship crash landed on Roswell. I'm assuming it was a scout ship, one of probably many they have throughout the galaxy, universe, what have you, to find planets that they can just go and fucking rape. And, I mean, they don't, they're not like, oh... Jim and Toby were on that fucker. Yeah. Now, I know that ship. That thing was years ago. Yep. What, <laughs> what the fuck? Nothing. Like, nope. nothing like that. No, it, it's it, it's so weird to me that they're so advanced that this ship would come limping in and, or, or maybe without telling us that's why it got sent like to Central Command. Like, maybe yeah. that's why it got sucked into Central Command to be like, what the hell is this thing? Exactly. I don't know, but yeah, I totally agree. It makes no sense. And they get docked, and I guess this is Tech Square with Jed or something like. So what happens here is Goldblum has to upload the virus, and so what the virus is going to do is going to infiltrate their central command system and disable all the force fields and have a a virus spreads. That's what a virus does, and so it's going to go to all the other ships and take down. The defenses. That's that's the idea here. Um, how he interfaces with the ship, I have zero clue because he's got a MacBook, and I don't think that at the time this ship probably had a serial port anywhere or even a USB version <laughs> one. Um, I'm not sure. Wi-Fi was definitely not a thing um, for him on this on this laptop. The whole idea here is, is crazy because then. He has to upload whatever the virus is and whatever language is going to work to get. It's so asinine. Again, the countdown using our satellites, using the signal, I can kind of buy that, but not really at all. Uh, this is fucking crazy. This is like, we want to give him a cold. We want it to be a virus. Hey, it's 1996. Computers are a thing. Let's do <laughs> computer virus. What you're, what you're completely forgetting, though, is that what Goldblum did was CD backslash. <laughs> Oregon Trail. Yep. Dot run. And what they gave him dysentery. Gave him dysentery. Gave the, get, get that typhoid in there. Get that diphtheria. 
You got rattlesnake yep. bites. They couldn't ford the river. All kinds of shit they weren't able to do. No. Yeah. And then that's it, true. if that doesn't work, you can always go back to VB. Well, we know Cole is the VB man. Yeah. So. You can go to VB. Those <laughs> yes, no screens all day, son. All day. <laughs> so he uploads that and now their defenses are down and we can start firing upon them, but they're locked in. So Goldblum and Smith, they, they can't go anywhere. Like, so they're like, well, fucking kamikaze suicide mission they're just kind of sitting there while everyone's destroying everything and then they're like all right let's fire up these cigars for or just about and let's fire this fucking nuclear weapon there they do it and that the the force of firing the nuclear weapon which does not go off right away they have 30 seconds and which again like i guess 30 seconds makes sense you wouldn't want to give it like five minutes or something because maybe they can figure out how to disarm it if you can right. upload a virus right um so Fire it in there. That dislodges them. Yeah. And so now they got they got thirty seconds to get away. And Will Smith is like, I ain't heard no fat lady. And Goldblum's the fat lady, fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. That's <laughs> what he does. And so now Will Smith takes this fucking haul ass to get out of there. You have that that classic scene of them yeah. just flying away and getting chased. And and these are these everything. are literally Star Trek the TV show graphics. Yes. This is really it's so bad. It's really bad. Man. I mean, it's, it really it's, does not hold up. Listener, you can't you can't see this, but I'm like bobbing my hand up and down. That's what you see the spaceship doing as it's as it's going off. It's not good, but it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. It's still it thrilling. Really it's still suspenseful. And they set off the nuclear explosion, and mm-hmm. the fallout is in space, but yep. it catches up with like it consumes their ship. So we don't know what happens. No. It's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. So they get they're in a bunch of dogfights back on Earth. The president's in there. He's he belongs in a ship and he's out there firing missiles. And then we get, you know, they they run out of missiles. They're landing, but they're running out and the the ship is getting ready to launch that big weapon that blew up college years, blew up the White House. <laughs> and they're like, "What the hell are we going to do? We got to shoot a missile up in there." President shoots his last one, shooting blanks. Then yep. it's our Q's got to go up, and his won't dislodge. His missile's stuck, and he's like, "Okay, tell my kids I love them. I'm going up into the stream." And I really would like to know how his kid Miguel is like in central command. Yeah, like how did that happen? Look, it's just one of those things where because Randy Quaid's character, Randy Quaid, is just such an important iconic piece of this film that they needed to have him there for the emotional impact of the fact that Randy Quaid saves the world here. Okay. Yeah. I just need, I just need some security at area 51. That's all I'm asking for. Not anymore. Those (laughs) days are over. That's everyone knows about aliens. So what are we hiding at this point? But yep. Randy Quaid, I just iconic scene, you know, when they, when they do the AFI, like, you know, classic (laughs) scenes, it's Randy Quaid with the green light, you know, screaming, I'm back. What is and wrong with you? And then just fucking blows everything up. What is wrong up. with you? Just By the way, starts, he just fucking... Ex- explain to me why he says, as my generation would say, up yours. That was a thing. I think, wasn't that a thing in the 60s? I don't know. I guess, I, but it feels... I'm not sure. It feels like, as my generation would say, what's up, man? Like, I don't know. It feels a yeah, little... Yeah, I don't. A little I, basic you know, for me. Something, but... It's delivered perfectly, I can tell you that much. Just like just like the payload of his fighter jet is delivered right into the heart of that, just that like laser the payload sacrifices of his fighter jet. 
<laughs> Jesus. Blows it up, man. He does. That's it. We win. Blows it up. We, we win. We do. That's and, it. And I love when like everything's blowing up. Or actually, it was it was when they were getting ready to get attacked right before he goes up in the stream. They do this overhead shot because everybody's afraid they're going to die. Yeah. Because they're getting ready to release this laser. And A, that's a lot of damn Winnebago's. Yes, it is. B, a bunch of them are getting in an elevator. <laughs> Take the stairs. It's yep. safety precaution. And three, and most importantly, Judd Hirsch is a goddamn treasure. He's doing the yes, prayer circle, and the second defense looks like he's like, but I'm not Jewish, and just, well, not everybody, nobody's perfect. Like it's Nobody's perfect. Except it's you, great. Judd. You're getting that wrong. You are perfect. <laughs> what I love, too, is all of the reaction scenes in the beginning of the movie, throughout the film, when people are getting attacked. Yeah. It's like a throwback to a 1950s horror movie, oh, the way is. these reaction scenes are. It, it's it's like all the- fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all that Sam Raimi-esque kind of stuff. Yep. It's It's hilarious. So we win, they blow it up, they blow up the whole spaceship, and that's going to be a lot of debris to clean up. A lot. Just a ton. But most importantly, we get the classic Loja, all right! Well, he does <laughs> He does it better than I do. All right! All day. I could listen to that all day. Yep, totally. I love, too, that like the president, I think it is, radios back, and he's like, all right, guys, tell him how to bring these sons of bitches down. And I'm like, how? How? Like... <laughs> What happened to you was such an accident. Like, get a fighter to fly up the laser. Like, I don't... <laughs> Just fire the missiles. The yeah. missiles that we... We don't have that many of them. But, you know, whatever you have, <laughs> fire at them and then take them down. And then, like, 20 minutes later, like, we're getting reports all over that this civilization is dead. Yeah. We have, we have killed them all. So Exactly. But most importantly, we win, man. We win. And it's incredibly yeah. satisfying. And Absolutely. Of course we win. It's the 4th of July. Now we just go barbecue. And we get mm-hmm. we get the scene at the end where Vivica goes and runs up and kisses Will and Goldblum and Mary McDonald Light hug and kiss and so maybe they're <laughs> back together. And then the president like sort of chip on his shoulder says not bad to the guy who literally saved civilization. Yeah, saved the entire planet. Yeah. Yes, he did. But everybody's happy, everybody's good, it all works out and it's 2:20 but it feels like way less. It does. It definitely does. And it is so satisfying. Like, this is a delicious piece of fucking pie, right? It's just... Yes, it is. Every inch of it is is good, and there's a lot of stuff to question about it, and there's a lot of stuff that makes you scratch your head, but at the end, you're like, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't change a thing. I literally wouldn't change a thing. I just... I would watch it all the time. It's it's yeah. so funny. I, I, know, mean, I know I'll watch it again after this. Oh, I definitely will, too. I'm going to watch it on 4th of July. Yeah. I mean, why not? It's just fun. Yeah, it's Je- just a great Je- popcorn get ready. action flick. Very romantic anniversary coming up. <laughs> it's our 10th wedding anniversary, a, and we're watching Independence Day. It's a Dean Devlin classic, <laughs> and no, I don't mean Stargate or Leverage. Now, don't say nothing bad about Leverage now. I would never do that. No, obviously Love me not. some Leverage. Here's a thought, though, I had while watching the movie, and when Bill Pullman gives a speech, which is iconic... I want Denzel as the president in this movie. Yeah, I would do that. Well, for, I, I mean, really, I really do. I want Denzel as Herman Boone <laughs> as the president in this film. That's what I wanted. The the problem is, like, I want Denzel. You make them remember the night they tried to attack us. <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me that wouldn't be gold? I mean, as long as you're going to throw in something about Bertier, then I'm fine with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Now, President, you lost Harry Connick Jr. 
cannot replace cannot a Harry Connick Jr. Cannot replace a Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> no, cannot do it. But I Denzel would be great. Although Denzel, like, that's a hard one to say just because what movie would you not want Denzel in? It's true. You know, th- that's I, true. It's very hard to think of a movie I wouldn't say that this would have been better with Denzel Washington. It could be a category for us. Like, would Denzel work in this film? Yeah. And it's a lot of yeses. A lot of yeses. Yeah. It's a yes to this one. It's absolutely a yes to this one. But this is just great film, guys. I mean, thanks for putting up with us on this one. Yeah, I appreciate it. We do have some recommendations. Uh, I'm going to go straight for Roland Emmerich. So if you like this one, Mr. Emmerich also gave us The Day After Tomorrow, which if you haven't seen it, is Independence Day where the aliens are weather. And then you have... And it's also got another Quaid in it. It does have another Quaid. Dennis Quaid. You, you upgrade the Quaid. You upgrade the... Well, slow down now. Pump the brakes. <laughs> you definitely upgrade the Quaid. Mm, you got an early, early Amy Rosum. Jake Gyllenhaal, who did a great interview about it, and was like, yeah, I know I'm known for indie movies, but I just wanted to do a blockbuster. So this was the first one I saw. So yeah. I did this movie. Um, and I, I'm sorry. I think it's good. I really enjoy The Day After Tomorrow. It is a good movie. It is very good. And then uh, the other one, uh, Roland Emmerich Classic 2012, John Cusack, Amanda Peet, Woody Harrelson, She Would Tell Ezra for Tandy Newton. Everyone. Danny Glover. Everyone's I mean, in everybody. It. This one, again, is Independence Day, where the alien is the planet Earth. So they're all yeah. basically Independence Day, but that's what makes them great. Yeah. How about you? What are you, what are you recommending off of Independence Day? I am recommending Armageddon. Excellent. A classic, classic film. This time, the aliens are a meteor that is going to destroy the yep. planet. We still get the kid in Central Command, which is great. We do, obviously. We got to have Liv Tyler there. The thing about this one is... Um, we're not going to send astronauts up there and teach them how to drill. We're going to send oil drillers and teach them how to astronaut. Yep. So that's what, that's what we go. It's, it's kind of, you know, Michael Bay's very uh, genius when it comes to that kind of stuff. Quicker so. that way. It's way quicker that yeah. way. The best part of that movie is the commentary, if you can get your hands on it, from Ben Affleck, <laughs> where he shits on the entire film and every aspect of it. So... There you go. <laughs> Another one uh, that I love, Volcano, the superior companion to oh, Dante's you're Peak. Out of your fucking mind, Dante's. <laughs> nah, it's so good. Dante's Peak got me a B on my final in college for uh, Earth Science. So I'm not gonna have oh, really? you. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> study because it was about like volcanoes was a major thing in that class. Okay. Um, yes, I have a political science degree, so this all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh and instead of studying i stayed up all night and watched like dante's peak on a loop so nice i'll get you a b i don't know what volcano will get you but dante's peak will get you a b volcano gets you tommy lee jones my friend and that's all you really need so volcano great film and i'm also gonna do a throwback classic the birds alfred hitchcock yeah love it great exciting uh this time the aliens are are birds so <laughs> <laughs> the there you go. <laughs> so we've we've given you five alternatives to aliens, but they're all yeah. apparently Independence Day. That's usually what they say. If you've seen Independence Day, it's just a riff on birds. It really is. It really <laughs> is. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We sure as hell did. We had a great time. Yeah, we had a blast. Thanks for putting up with us as always. And uh, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, we read all the reviews, all the tweets. All the emails, we love them. We thank you guys so much for hanging in there with us. And if you have any ideas, uh, movies you want us to review, episodes you want us to do, let us know. Hit us up on email at 
cigaretteburnspodcast at yahoo.com. You can tweet at us or Instagram at sigburnspod. And we just, I can't tell you, I know we talk about it every episode, but it means the world to us that you even listen to us. It really does. the shit about movies. Like, this is one of the favorite parts of our week. And the more you love it and the more stuff that you guys want to do, that that's, that's what makes us want to do it. So, thanks again. And, Jed, anything else? The fat lady, the fat lady, the fat lady. You're obsessed <laughs> with the fat lady. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, oh I love you.